श्री साई सचरित्र चैप्टर टू ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ राइटिंग द वर्क इन द लास्ट चैप्टर द ऑथर मेंशन इन द ओरिजिनल मराठी बुक दैट ही वुड स्टेट द रीजन दैट लेड हिम टू अंडरटेक द वर्क एंड अबाउट द पर्सन क्वालिफाइड टू रीड द सेम एंड सच अदर पॉइंट नाउ इन दिस चैप्टर ही नरेट्स द सेम द ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ राइटिंग दिस वर्क In the first chapter I described Sai Baba's miracle of checking and destroying the cholera epidemic by grinding wheat and throwing the flour on the outskirts of the village. I heard other miracles of Sai Baba to my great delight and this delight burst forth into this poetic work. I also thought that the description of these miracles of Sai Baba would be interesting and instructive to his devotees and would remove their sins. and so i began to write the sacred life and teachings of sai baba the life of the saint is neither logical nor dialectical it shows us the true and the great path incapacity and boldness in undertaking the work himadpan thought he was not a fit person to undertake the work he said i don't know the life of my intimate friend nor do i know my own mind then how can i write the life of a saint or describe the nature of incarnations which even the vedas are unable to do one must be a saint himself before he could know other saints otherwise how can i describe their glory to write the life of a saint is most difficult one may as well be able to measure the depth of the seven seas or enclose the sky with cloth trappings I know this was the most venturous undertaking which might expose me to ridicule I therefore invoked Sai Baba's grace the premier poet saint of Maharashtra Sri Gyaneshwar Maharaj has stated that the lord loves those who write the lives of saints and the saints also have their own peculiar method of assessing the service which the devotees long for the saint inspires the work the devotees become only an indirect cause or an instrument in achieving the end for instance in 1700 shaka year the poet mahipati aspired to write the lives of saints saints inspired him and got the work done so also in 1800 shaka year das ganu service was accepted the former wrote four works bhakta vijay sant vijay bhakta leelamrit and sant leelamrit while the latter wrote two bhakta leelamrit and sant kathamrit in which the lives of modern saints were described in chapter 31 32 33 of bhakta leelamrit and in chapter 57 of sant kathamrit the life and teachings of sai baba are very well depicted these have been separately published in sai leela magazine number 11 12 volume 17 The readers are advised to read these chapters. So also Sai Baba's wonderful leelas are described by Mrs. Savitribai Raghunath Tendulkar of Bandra in a small book named Sri Sainath Bhajan Mala. Dasgaru Maharaj also has composed various sweet poems on Sai Baba. A devotee named Amidas Bhavani Mehta has also published some stories of Sai Baba in Gujarati. 
Some numbers of Sainath Prabha, a magazine published by Dakshin Bhiksha Sanstha Shirdi, are also published. Then question of objection comes in that while so many works regarding Sai Baba's life and his miracles are present, then why should this Sat Charitra be written? And where is the necessity? The answer is plain and simple. The life of Sai Baba is as wide and deep as the infinite ocean and all can dive deep into the same and take out precious gems of knowledge and bhakti and distribute them amongst the aspiring people. The stories, parables and teachings of Sai Baba are very wonderful. They will give peace and happiness to the people who are afflicted with sorrows and heavily loaded with miseries of this worldly existence and also bestow knowledge and wisdom both in worldly and in spiritual domains. If these teachings of Sai Baba, which are as interesting and instructive as the Vedic lore, are listened to and meditated upon, the devotees will get what they long for. That is, union with Brahma, mastery in eightfold yoga, bliss of meditation, etc. So I thought that I should call these stories together. That would be my best upasana. This collection would be most delightful to those simple souls whose eyes are not blessed with Sai Baba's darshan. So I set about collecting Sai Baba's teachings and expressions, the outcome of his boundless self-realization. It was Sai Baba who inspired me in this matter. In fact, I surrendered my ego at his feet and thought that my path was clear and that he would make me quite happy here and in the next world. I could not myself ask Sai Baba to give me permission for this work. So I requested Mr. Madhavrao Deshpande, that is Shama, Baba's most intimate devotee, to speak to him for me. He pleaded my cause and said to Sai Baba, This Anna Sahib wishes to write your biography. Don't say that you are a poor fakir and there is no necessity to write it. But if you agree and help him, he will write. Or rather, your grace will accomplish the work. Without your consent and blessings, nothing can be done successfully. When Sai Baba heard this request, he was moved and blessed me by giving his udi, that is a sacred ash, and placing his boon-bestowing hand on my head and said, Let me make a collection of stories and experiences. Keep notes and memos. I will help you. He is only an outward instrument. I should write my autobiography myself and satisfy the wishes of my devotees. He should get rid of his ego, surrender it at my feet. He who acts like this in life, him I help the most. What of my life stories? I serve him in his house in all possible ways. When his ego is completely annihilated and there is left no trace of it, I myself enter into him and shall myself write my own life. Hearing my stories and teachings will create faith in devotees' hearts and they will easily get self-realization and bliss. Let there be no insistence on establishing one's own view, no attempt to refute others' opinions, no discussions of pros and cons of any subject. Significance and Prophetic Title The world discussion put me in mind of my promise to explain the story of me getting the title of Himadpant and now I began to relate the same. I was on close friendly terms with Kaka Sahib Dikshit and Nana Sahib Sandulkar. 
they pressed me to go to Shirdi and have Baba's darshan, and I promised them to do so. But something in the meantime turned up, which prevented me from going to Shirdi. The son of a friend of mine in Lonavala fell ill. My friend tried all possible means, physical and spiritual, but the fever would not abate. At length, he got his guru to sit by the bedside of his son, but this too was of no avail. Hearing this, I thought, what was the utility of the guru if he could not save my friend's son? If the guru can't do anything for us, why should I go to Shirdi at all? Thinking this way, I postponed my Shirdi trip. But the inevitable must happen, and it happened in my case as follows. Mr. Nana Sahib Chandulkar, who was a divisional officer, was going on a tour to Basin. From Thane, he came to Dadar and was waiting for a train bound for Basin. Meanwhile, a Bandra local turned up. He sat in it and came to Bandra, and sent for me and took me to task for putting off my Shirdi trip. Nana's argument for my Shirdi trip was convincing and delightful. So I decided to start for Shirdi the same night. I packed up my luggage and started for Shirdi. I planned to go to Dadar and from there catch a train for Manmad. And so I booked myself from Dadar and sat in the train. While the train was to start, a Mohammedan came hastily to my compartment and seeing all my paraphernalia, asked me where I was bound to. I told him about my plan. He then suggested that I should go to Bori Bandar and not wait at Dadar. as the manmad mail did not stop at dadar if this little miracle or leela had not happened i would have not reached shirdi the next day as settled and the many doubts would have assailed me but that was not to be as fortune favored me i reached shirdi the next day before 9 or 10 am bahu saheb kaka dikshit was waiting for me there this was in 1910 when there was only one place that is sathezwada for lodging pilgrim devotees after alighting from the tonga I was anxious to have darshan when the great devotee Tata Saheb Nulkar returned from the masjid and said that Sai Baba was at the corner of the wada and that I should first get the preliminary darshan and then after bath see him at leisure hearing this I ran and prostrated before Baba and my joy knew no bounds I found more than what Nana Chandulkar had told me all my senses were satisfied and I forgot my thirst and hunger the moment i touched sai baba's feet i began a new lease of life i felt myself much obliged to those who spurred and helped me to get the darshan and i considered them as my real relatives i cannot repay the debt i only remember them and prostrate mentally before them this peculiarity of sai baba's darshan as i found it is that by his darshan our thoughts are changed the force of previous actions is abated and gradually non attachment or dispassion towards worldly objects grows up this is by the merit of actions in many past births that such darshan is got and if only you see sai baba all the world assumes the form of sai baba hot discussion On the first day of my arrival in Shirdi there was a discussion between me and Bala Saheb Bhate regarding the necessity of a guru I contended why should we lose our freedom and submit to others when we have to do our duty why a guru is necessary one must try his best and save himself what can the guru do to a man who does nothing but sleep indolently thus I pleaded free will 
while Mr. Bhatte took up the other side, that is, destiny, and said, whatever is bound to happen must happen. Even great men have failed. Man proposes one way, but God disposes the other way. Brush aside your cleverness, pride, or egoism, as it won't help you. This discussion, with all its pros and cons, went on for an hour or so, and as usual, no conclusion was arrived at. We had to stop the discussion ultimately, as we were exhausted. The net result of this was that I lost my peace of mind and found that unless there is a strong body consciousness and egoism, there would be no discussion. In other words, it is egoism that breeds discussion. Then, when we went to the masjid with others, Baba asked Kaka Sahib Dikshit the following: What was going on in the Sathewada? What was the discussion about? And staring at me, Baba further added, "What did this Hemadpan say?" Hearing these words, I was much surprised. The masjid was at a considerable distance from Sathewada, where I was staying, and where the discussion was going on. How could Baba know our discussion unless he be omniscient? an inner ruler of us all i began to think why sai baba should call me by the name hemadpant this word is a distorted form of hemadripant this hemadripant was a well known minister of the kings mahadev and ramdev of devgiri of the yadav dynasty he was a very learned good natured and the author of works such as chaturvarga chintamani dealing with spiritual subjects and raj prashasti He invented and started new methods of accounts and was the originator of the modi that is the marathi shorthand script but i was quite the opposite an ignorant and a medicure intellect so i could not understand why the name or the title was conferred upon me but thinking seriously upon it i thought that the title was a dart to destroy my ego so that i should always remain meek and humble it was also a compliment paid to me for the cleverness in the discussion Looking into history we think that Baba's word calling Mr Dabholkar by the name Hemadpan was significant and prophetic as we find that he looked after the management of Sri Sai Sanstha very intelligently kept all the accounts properly and was also the author of such a good work Sai Satcharitra which deals with such important and spiritual subjects as dhyan bhakti dispassion self surrender and self realization about the necessity of a guru Hemad Pant has left no note no memo about what baba said regarding this subject but kaka sahib dikshit has published his notes regarding this matter next day after hemad pant's meeting with sai baba kaka sahib went to baba and asked baba where to go baba said hi up then the man asked where is the swing baba said there are many ways leading there There is one way from here, Shirdi also. The way is difficult. There are tigers and wolves in the jungles on the way. I, that's Kaka Sahib Dikshit asked. But Baba, what if we take a guide with us? Baba answered. Then there is no difficulty. The guide will take you straight to your destination, avoiding wolves, tigers, and ditches, etc. On the way. If there be no guide, there is the danger of your being lost in the jungles, of falling into ditches. Mr Dabholkar was present on this occasion and he thought that this was the answer baba gave to the question where the guru was a necessity that is in sai leela volume 1 number 5 page 47 and he thereupon took the hint that no discussion where the man is free or bound 
is of any use in spiritual matters but on the contrary real parmarth is possible only as a result of the teachings of the guru as is illustrated in this chapter of the original work in the instances of great avatars like ram and krishna who had to submit themselves to their gurus vashisht and sandipani respectively for getting self realization and that the only virtues necessary for such progress are faith and patience sai charitra chapter 2 191 92 bow to shri sai peace to all om sai ram